Blog Talk Radio. week on the blog talk radio and affiliate networks this episode is brought to you by health innovation media monitoring the innovation impulse from idea to business model and emerging best practices welcome everyone i'm greg masters the producer and co-host of the show and joining me in the virtual studio for our month-end wrap-up on pop health and related matters are my colleagues fred goldstein uh, and uh, Douglas Goldstein, and there is no relation uh, between the two other than we're involved in this uh, as a joint venture. Fred is a principal co-host and co-founder of Pop Health Week, while Doug joins us uh, for this month uh, and wrap-up uh, when he's available. Today we highlight uh, some of the key takeaways from developments in Pop Health space and accountable care and the pursuit of sustainable healthcare economy. And we're going to drill into a few items, but uh, part of that's going to involve a summary wrap-up of the just-concluded M-Health Summit in National Harbor. So for those of you not familiar with Fred, he's a subject matter expert with deep roots in the hospital health plan, health, wellness, and prevention space from disease management to population health. He's a board member and past chair of the Population Health Alliance, PHA having served most recently as its executive director and now captains the ship at Accountable Health LLC, a population health management company, co-sponsor of this broadcast. And Doug is a popular speaker, author, and consultant specializing in business development and strategic venture formation, currently serves as the national chair for the Health 2.0 Regional Innovate Smarter Roundtable Series, as well as a couple of other badges and I'm Greg Masters, Two Health Guru on Twitter and the founder and CEO of Health Innovation Media and publisher of ACOWatch.com. So, hey guys, Fred, you there? I am, Greg. Happy to be here the day before Thanksgiving. Hope everything's going well. Happy uh, Thanksgiving. Going well. Yes, and that'd be Doug as well. So, uh, let's um, get right down to it. First up is going to be what we're calling the uh, Doug Jaywalking Series, which we burned at the M Health Summit. And before I spool the clip, uh, Doug, tell us a little bit about uh, what we're going to hear. We were at the Health to Connect Summit, formerly called the M Health Summit, and they had a population health uh, part of the exhibit hall, and Walgreens had a big space there, so we did some jaywalking through the exhibit hall, focusing on population health and what Walgreens was doing in that space, along with a number of their partners like Social Wealth. So we'll hear more right now. Douglas Goldstein, E-Futurist, Innovator, Health Innovation Media, M Health Summit 2015, and now we're going to walk around the exhibit hall and see what kind of insights we can get from some other people. You're speaking to Sabra Vat from HitLab. My my mission is to bring together all our key thought leaders in digital health together and talk about how we can accelerate the diffusion of digital health technologies around the world. Well, HitLab is a healthcare research innovation lab that's based in New York City. And we, we're really unique because we're providing 
solutions at any point of a product's life cycle. So it can start with um, designing digital health strategy for our various stakeholder groups, which range from pharmaceutical companies, biotech, com biotech companies, uh, as well as startups, hospitals. So we're really working with so many different stakeholder groups, and this can range from, as I mentioned earlier, digital health strategy. It can also include supporting a startup with uh, creating an algorithm for their latest mobile health app, or what we, what I actually have a lot of experience in thus far with HitLab is our research and evaluation processes. So this can range from feasibility testing, beta testing, um, if we want to help identify, you know, what are the latest wearables, wearable technologies or biosensors uh, for a pharmaceutical company and how they can use them to improve patient adherence. Um, uh, among their among their constituents, uh, we're able to actually do that kind of landscape research. Um, so so we've we've really run the whole gamut of of service provision um, on in, in any part of that uh, product lifecycle. That's fabulous. But I, what's the coolest thing you're working on? The coolest thing I'm working yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, you're you're asking the right person actually because I am really thrilled to uh, be a part of the. HitLab Innovator Summit. What's so great about HitLab is even though we've been so research-based, we like to culminate each year with the HitLab Innovator Summit, which basically is a two-day event that brings thought leader, key, key thought leaders in, in the digital health space together in New York City to address how can we accelerate the diffusion of uh, digital health technologies. And so we have a fantastic lineup of speakers for December 3rd and 4th, um, and it's going to culminate in the World Cup Challenge. This is going to be our third year where we just um, finalized our top five uh, finalists for uh, the World Cup from all over the world to come to New York City and uh, basically showcase their um, their most innovative solutions to an identified healthcare problem. So we don't have a theme this year. We wanted to keep it very generic, and we actually came up with some really fantastic solutions that we're excited to present uh, at the end of the summit in December. We're with uh, John Hopkins Global Health M Health Initiative, and I have Yorgos Karabas. And uh, tell us what the initiative is doing and what we're accomplishing. So in uh, 2011, uh, we set up a consortium of uh, faculty from across the institution, uh, spanning from engineering, nursing, medicine, public health, uh, business, and some affiliates. And what we're doing is uh, evidence-based research um, using mHealth technologies. And so we do a lot of monitoring and evaluation, uh, consultation, and guidance. And so we're uh, helping develop frameworks and uh, toolkits for people to use to improve health outcomes. So basically, we're using mobile phones to revolutionize health throughout the developing world? Yes, and it just, yeah. That's great. So what's the most exciting thing you're working on right now in your view? Um, right now, just a few days ago, this came out. The MAPS Toolkit helps you uh, determine your pathway to scale. And so it has uh, six axes that you kind of identify where you're deficient and how you can improve to go scale to a country or a multi-country scale. That's great. Well, thanks for your great work. And um, what, how, how can people get involved? Um, they can check out our website, jhumhealth.org. Uh, find our resources, connect with us, uh, they can partner or get these resources for free. Mobile Commons is the platform behind many effective mobile campaigns. i got Jason Howie here. Jason, tell us what makes you guys really, really good. So our platform, what it does, it's built to automate conversations, right? So we provide an SMS and MMS platform where healthcare organizations can send out messages expecting a response. And then they can use that response to segment their, their patient population 
and then send them more relevant information. What we've found is that with SMS, to be effective, what you really need to do is make sure you're sending very personalized, relevant information to motivate healthcare, for, uh, uh, healthcare individuals. So with, um, if it's a smoking cessation program, it might be identifying people by the, the amount of craving they have or how many packs of cigarettes they smoke in a week. So you can segment them to, into high-risk categories and send them more relevant content to them. So you have the messaging platform and you provide these back-end analytics also? Absolutely. Our analytics systems have been used by research institutions where they're able to do all kinds of interesting um, correlations between um, age groups, income levels, um, race, language, and that's all information they've collected by SMS by asking the question with our platform. And who are your clients? Our clients range from uh, national nonprofits like Planned Parenthood, Cancer Institute, American Cancer Society, uh, with as well as health systems like uh, New York Presbyterian, or it can be uh, institutions or uh, public institutions like uh, California Department of Public Health or New York City Department of Health. What do you think one of the most impactful things solutions you've created lately has been? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, I would say it's it's the, actually a, a point, appointment reminder system and uh, verification. So blood systems, they send out a message saying your appointment today at seven o'clock. Can you make it yes or no? You respond yes. They send you a great. Thank you. We'll see you then. You respond no. They send you an automated message where you can respond what time. Or they ask you want to, if you want to reschedule. And if you respond yes, I want to reschedule. The system will actually reschedule you in their system. So it's saving time, money, and making it more effective. Sounds very cool. Thank you, Jason. We we'll appreciate the time. Thank you. Pop Health Pavilion. Let's go take a quick scan around as it uh, winds down. We have Cardium over here, Capsico, Veretto. We have somebody here. I don't know who that is. Uh, Hillary and Donald, the upcoming presidential uh, candidates. Uh, Patient identity linking better, okay? <laughs> patient identification linking better. That must be what you do. We're going to connect and exchange and enrich patient records yep. and develop longitudinal patient records that analyze population and optimize patient-centric care within and across enterprises. Yeah. Not bad, huh? Not a bad I'm a quick right? study, yeah. What's your secret sauce? What differentiates you? Um, so normal matching technologies for patient identities compare two records to themselves, if there are kind of discrepancies in the identity attributes, they can't make the match. We've built a proprietary database that has a comprehensive record over time of U.S. identities, and we compare records to that so that we can know that this John Smith in this system is different than this John Smith, but the same as this one across provider uh, networks. So you have a massive database of people in the United States that you compare against. Did I just hear that correctly? Uh, yeah. yeah, but we use all of the industry standard compliance, security measures. Anybody that handles that data is HIPAA certified, so we're well within the uh, industry. So you could compare me against other e-futurists in your database, right? E-futurists. What's that? <laughs> the, the answer was supposed to be yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. E-futurists e predict the future, man. So the future could be Veredo as they have this massive database to make patient matching more accurate, if I understand it correctly. Yeah. There you go. Thank you. All right, thank, thank you. I see VC, and I have Milton here. Milton, what's the update on uh, the world's largest telemedicine video platform? 
And I think that's just going pretty exciting. And so the telemedicine field is going really exciting now. And we've been doing boatload of implementation for a boatload of people. And these are health systems, health plans. Who are you doing the implementations for? Yeah, health systems, even down to individual doctor to urgent care center. They're like the pretty much our model. Anytime you have a provider, whether it's individual to big healthcare system, they need to offer telemedicine where the people we can help them. So are you site to site, or are they, does the consumer have your thing in their home? In both models, we see there really there are two models. One is this multiple clinic, you're linking physicians, you see going there. The next one is direct to consumers. In this case, the consumer will have, for example, some of our mobile case in there inside the home for chronic care. That's, uh, this is the consumer case? That's correct. In there. Again, so it's a simple case. Again, all the equipment there attached to your mobile phone. The whole idea, if you have a mobile phone, you will turn your mobile phone into a medical peripheral. That, that's great. So how many people are using this now? I think for the, right now, it's doing the early stage people getting this, but we have quite a bit of people using these. In fact, another really, really exciting thing is uh, we launched a new product on the elderly cares. Do you want to take a look? Yeah, yeah. Let's see what we're doing for uh, people who are a bit older than me. So this is our collaboration with Intel. So for example, as you're smiling, the system can automatically detect your emotion. Uh, in about eight seconds, you'll pick up your pulse rate. And it's really like magic, right? So you're not worrying anything. All you're doing is just sitting in front of a computer and working, surf your email, do whatever in there. But what's really exciting about this product is, um, there's, for example, if you walk around the mobile health, ATA, HIMSS, all these, all these companies try to sell your gadgets in there. But so I, my, my PhD at Stanford was focused on design, human factors, try to get people to change their behavior. Really, really tough, right? For example, I'll, maybe I'll use my mom as example. If I were to go home, give to my mom, I got all this equipment. Could you wear this thing? Guess what? She might. She's not gonna do it. But here, this is the very first time a product, no behavior change. I could go say, hey mom, I got a new computer there, right? I don't need to tell you all, all these things. All she needs to do is sit in front of the computer, no behavior change, do her normal stuff, surf the web, Facebook, and you know, do Skype. While she's doing this, VCs are tracking all her pulse rate, her emotional state, and this, we have artificial intelligence that monitoring these data. Again, we create these visualizations, and now, you can actually make sense of our baseline information. Uh, I see VC is wow. This is like awesome. This passive sensing of my joy or my he heart rate or my sadness is just awesome. I haven't seen this anywhere else. Have you seen it? Have you seen this anywhere no, else? This is a, I, we think it's a breakthrough. <laughs> In fact, the reason we feel a breakthrough, why we focus on the elderly care market is, if you think about, for example, uh, take medication adherence, one of the huge problems people try to solve. You have all these people making gadgets, a pill, reminder. But guess what? When people do research on what is the number one reason seniors don't take their medicine? Because they're depressed, they're lonely, they're not feeling well. If in that mental state you think any widget will help them, take no. Right? But in this case, by able to track the senior's emotional state, we could tell when the senior is depressed and lonely. Then we could actually send a nurse we send to, go to talk to the patient, engage with them. Really, people to people in there. And we think 
be able to monitor this passively, we could have a just huge game change in how we think about delivering healthcare. If I'm a kid, if I'm like five years old, is it going to be able to sense my pulse rate too and, and my, the, the happiness? That's correct. And you know, it is designed for people in general, not just elderly. It could be just adults. In fact, we have a bunch of hospitals that have seen this preview. They're looking to deploy, for, for example, as a, like a deploy, uh, let's say, post-surgery as a way to solve that 30 days hospital readmission problem, right? You take this kid, send it home, again, you're tracking a baseline, very easy to do a video chat with your physician. But at the same time, it's again tracking a lot of this baseline information all passively. So what other things are you, can you sense? Contempt? I just saw contempt up there. <laughs> that was like a question. So you can sense pulse rate and uh, emotional. That's what you have now? Anything on your roadmap you can tell us about? There's a bunch of things we're adding, but right now we prefer to keep them a little bit secret for now. But there's a bunch of so I'll say if you come back to us in about six months, we have another version be such a same idea, but take it to a whole new spectrum. Now. Well, that that is awesome. We're, we definitely will be back in six months now based on this. Thank you so much for sharing it with Milton. Yeah, well, we're entering the uh, Walgreens zone, and we have some. Uh, People hanging out in the Walgreens zone. Oh, look, it's prescriptive digital health meets curation. That must be social wealth. And I think I see David Vinson. Good, how are you? Give us the biggest insight of the day because you've been around this industry for a while and you have tremendous insights and knowledge and you're developing and delivering great solutions. What's your biggest insight today? Innovation is not a problem solver for every opportunity that emerges. So sometimes there's more innovation that's occurring, but we need to simplify the innovation curve to deal with things that are practical in one's day-to-day -day life. Innovation is not a solution to every problem. You, you heard it here first. Innovation doesn't solve every problem. Sometimes it's just good old blocking and tackling, right? Blocking and tackling, absolutely. Thank you, David. And what's the uh, big news from uh, Social Wealth these days? Social Wealth is focused on the blocking and tackling nowadays, going back to the basis of ensuring that our processes, our systems are prepared for scale and ensuring that our partner needs are met. We're focused on the blocking and tackling. And everything you do is mobile too, right? All things mobile equals an experience for the consumer. That mobile moment. That's because we're all mobile all the time. That's right. Let's go from thinking about Internet of Things to Internet of Experiences and truly focus on the end consumer in that experience zone. I, I love that. Internet of Experiences. You're quotable on that. That's correct. Thank you, David. Thanks very much, Doug. Stop by. Let's see, is this the M Health Summit 2015 or is it the Walgreens Mobile Health? I think they got about half the exhibit hall. Let's go uh, take a walk through Walgreens Digital Health Showcase, and they've got some leading companies in here uh, WebMD, MD Live. Oh, life sciences companies Novartis, Pharmaceuticals, Strive Wearables, Apogee, Interoperability, Medcast, One Platform. Digital Health Innovations, Health Prize, a lot of incentives. Uh, actually, Health Prize is applying gaming principles, Las Vegas gaming principles, to uh, improving uh, adherence in patients. Uh, we just had a nice chat with David Vincent from Social Wealth, giving us some insights. And the big insights, it's the Internet of Experiences, not the Internet of Things. Uh, we got Telecare, who's been an innovator in this area, Qualcomm. Pager, well, pagers are old tech that are being reinvented. Health Jive Connects doing a lot of things. Qualcomm Life, they have a huge booth here also. It takes up the other 25% of the exhibit hall next to Walgreens. Pager, My Emerge, 
Consumer Engagement App. Misfit. I think that has something to do with an advanced wearable, huh? M Health Pulse. Various discussion rooms in the back. Charity Miles. Hey, you know, let's walk more, get healthier, and give back at the same time. That's a great concept. Many things motivate people, not just money, but uh, charity is a huge motivator and one of the leaders in the space, Social Wealth. Health Grid's here, uh, founded by Raj and uh, Shakri Toledi. They're uh, very aggressive, multiple innovators in this whole technology space. Actually, technology that works, too. Strive in the wearable space. Novartis is including a new health partner. So pharma, life sciences companies are partnering mobile apps with pharmacological agents to improve health outcomes. Part of their what they call Pharma 3.0, a focus on outcomes and results, not just selling pills. Well, that's it from the Walgreens a huge pavilion with uh, 20 different companies participating. And Walgreens is a clear innovator in the mobile digital health space. With their Walgreens app and the rewards program, they're putting a lot of things together right. Yes, that's a wrap from uh, jaywalking the M Health Summit. And uh, Walgreens is the new primary care. And with that, I'll turn it over to uh, Fred and Greg. Fantastic there, uh Doug, I thought your uh, jaywalking, or should I say jay running through that hall was pretty impressive. You must have named off 50 companies as you went through that short blurb. I also found it interesting, one, obviously the excitement of the individuals in that room, which tends to get a little bit overplayed, particularly with the younger companies. And, and the comment from Walgreens was just extremely insightful about about what the real role or possibilities are with um you know, innovation that it's not necessarily a problem solver. And I think as the younger companies begin to grow up a little bit, we'll see which ones can be revenue producing and create a product that uh, payers and providers and others want to use, or even consumers and potentially take that product out into the market uh, in, in one of those three methods. But I, uh, I thought it was a great job, Doug, and uh, look forward to maybe next year showing up at that thing and running that hall with you as well. So Fred, let me ask you this. Uh, we're, we're uh, got about eight minutes left. Um, uh, just before the M Health Summit, uh, the PHA Forum ran in D.C. Do you have any uh, sort of key point takeaways from from that experience, or anything else on your on your on your tab today? Yeah, I think you know the forum was really a, a excellent event this year. Incredible speakers, and particularly those that were focusing on the, you know the science of population health. What out there works? How do you scale these systems? Um, how should you be measuring outcomes? You know, which which makes it a little less um, kind of excitable as some of the other conferences, but clearly a, a lot more oomph from that perspective. And uh, there were also presentations on the effectiveness of wearables, and it does show that in many cases these these uh, devices can have a profound impact on individuals, which ultimately creates a profound impact on populations. So I think there's a lot of room for growth there. I think we're still learning what sort of uh, devices and technologies impact uh, individuals and create behavior change, and uh, which ones are more of the uh, devices picked up by the worried well, or perhaps those that already are fit, et cetera, and, uh, and use that just as another fun tool for their uh, continued health improvement. Um, I think, uh, you know, population health obviously is an area that continues to grow. 
And I know we've now recently been discussing this whole concept of population health and precision medicine. There's sort of this ongoing debate between the two, and I think it's something that uh, we'll be exploring further in the future. But I know, Doug, you've been looking into some precision medicine issues and love to hear your thoughts on that. Well, precision health and population health are all the same thing. Population health doesn't work unless we improve the health status of individuals. And now we're taking science and medicine and digital and combining it to uh, precisely connect with people. All cancers are individual. So we've got to uh, attack those cancers as the nature of that specific individual cancer because it's no longer an organ-based typology for cancer. So precision medicine and population health are uh, linked at the uh, at the hip, so to speak. Yeah, I think you're right on there. Is you know, if you think about the the framework for population health, is put out by the Population Health Alliance, which is identify, assess, stratify, engage, intervene, and measure. Precision medicine provides a much stronger and individualized way to assess a person stratify them appropriately, and then precisely intervene for that specific individual. So I really think that when you look at population health in its entirety, precision medicine fits within that framework very nicely and is something that while we see a lot of fight over dollars is uh, really an area that both should be pushed forward and recognize how they both create a better system overall. So let me jump in, Fred, just just to maybe – uh, I can't let you get off a of PHA without talking a little bit about the uh, the great debate between Ron Getzel and Al Lewis that got a certain amount of notoriety uh, in the pre-market buzz and the actual event, which was masterfully moderated by you, I might say, uh, turned out to, to to not be to not disappoint. So, uh, can you tell us a little bit about that experience, which we will shortly uh, be posting the audio version of? But uh, give us a little uh, key takeaway and highlights. Happy to do that, uh, Greg. And really, it was quite the event. We had a we had to open a second room. We had a standing room only crowd in there um, to hear uh, Ron Getzel from Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health and uh, Al Lewis, uh, the one of the founders of Quizify and the author of a book called Why Nobody Believes the Numbers. And uh, it really was an incredible event. Uh, it, it all started actually because Al had put up a post, and he's been ripping the wellness industry for years now over some of the stuff that's published. And he essentially said, hey, I don't understand this. Nobody's responding. Nobody will debate me. And and uh, we said, wait a second. You know, Population Health Alliance, great venue to do that. And Ron Getzel graciously agreed immediately to uh, debate him when I asked. And uh, it really set off a great discussion. Um, and, and it's really well worth a listen when we get that posted. There There are clearly examples of programs that are problematic or don't work or push out um, just wrong numbers or poor numbers, bad study design numbers or overstatements. And and Al is, is, is right to get those up there. But there also are clearly published studies documenting that when done right, evidence-based programs in an employee setting that include the employees in the development, they look around creating a culture of health that focus on those key issues can and do bend trend. And some companies have, have demonstrated that. So I thought it was a fascinating uh, debate. It went about an hour and a half and uh, we had some great questions. I mean, the AARP was in attendance. People from Penn state were in attendance. We had folks from Optum there and others all asking questions. And I think it, as uh, we get that up, 
you know, as I said, people really should take a chance and get a listen. And finally, uh, as we saw that uh, population health management solutions and so forth has gone global, and it's at least uh, maybe year two, possibly longer, that there's been a fairly large group from um, Brazil that's come up, and they've put a footprint on the ground down there in, in Brazil, and they're looking for best practices up, up north. Are they looking the right way? I think for some things they can learn from us. But, yeah, obviously they're looking the right way for two reasons. One, they can learn what works. And, two, hopefully they can also pick up what doesn't and, uh, and make sure not to apply those as they are earlier in their development of population health programs down there. But you're seeing a large interest in Brazil from companies such as United, which recently bought a health plan down there, and Healthways, which recently signed a contract to be an exclusive population health provider for another insurance company. So it's a big issue and a big deal. I think it's great to get the Brazilians here, and I know you and I are looking forward to traveling down there next year. Well, there you have it. So I appreciate all the conversation on our month-end wrap-up. Time does fly. There's a lot to talk about. And we do this monthly, as in Pop Health Week, month-end wrap-up where Fred Goldstein and Doug Goldstein join me to talk about what's happening in the industry. And obviously there's a lot more going on, but uh, we covered what we could for you. So until next month, we want to wish everyone a uh, happy Thanksgiving and have an awesome holidays with the people that you love. So on behalf of Fred Goldstein and Douglas Goldstein, this is Greg Masters saying bye now. And don't overeat.